Hello! Welcome to Nerds Collide, a podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Travis. Hey. And I'm Justin. And together, we're just a couple of nerds. Couple of nerds! (laughs) Couple of nerds! I like the idea that getting more and more cringe with each episode. (laughs) We're all about the cringe around here. Yeah. If it ain't if it ain't cringe, it ain't right. That's what I guess. Someone said it and that was me. So Right. So so we're gonna have to, to edit in like a round of applause right here because this is it. We're episode one. Finally recording it. Yeah. You suck. You suck. <laughs> Do you remember in the SmackDown games? The uh the PlayStation two smackdown games where anytime anyone did anything the crowd would just chant you suck and they would just be like you suck you suck and also it never mattered if kurt angle was in the match or not they'd be like angle sucks angle sucks and i was like i am not kurt angle <laughs> the the thing i remember most about those smackdown games on the playstation 2 was how terrible it was uh it was know your role yeah it was know your role right that the third one yeah so that was the first one on the PlayStation two I want to say that was the first one where they they attempted to add commentary <laughs> yeah that's like my favorite thing <laughs> the commentary was just so terrible <laughs> this match this match is an important match shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Didn't they end up, I think, for Shut Your Mouth, they ended up just taking it out, right? I don't know if it was Shut Your Mouth or Here Comes the Pain, but one of them did not have commentary, but it had the commentators, like, at ringside, and they would be, like, moving their mouths and, like, motion, like, their hands, like, as if they were commentating, except it would just, yeah, we're gonna have to play through all the the SmackDown we're, games. We're gonna have to... I don't wanna play all the SmackDown yeah. games. I just wanna play up to, like, SmackDown versus Raw 1, and then just be like, alright, I'm good. <laughs> Those early SmackDown versus Raw games were good. I, I wanna say maybe the first two or three. But I wanna go back through and I wanna find the game where they actually, like, started getting the commentary down to where it was suitable. Yeah, I watched gameplay footage of, like, WWE 2K22 or something, and, like, I was, like, really surprised at how good the commentary was. Like, it was very fluid. What what was the last wrestling game you bought and, like, actually played through? The one with AJ Styles on the cover. It was, like, 16 or 17. Oh, so you're more recent than me. I think, I think mine was 2014. Which I think that was the one where The Rock was on the cover, but it had like the the reversible one where you could have Debray. So so I think yeah I think that's where I checked out at, cause that was like I think that was the first game in the series that where Two K took over. I want to say I don't I don't remember. It might have been it might have been earlier than that because I remember the uh. Oh no, I think you might be right, because before that it was just WWE 12 or 11 or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, so they went, 
from SmackDown versus Raw to just WWE, I want to say it was 12. And they, yeah, it was WWE 12. Was that the one with CM Punk on the cover? N- no, that was WWE 13. So, w- so WWE 12, yeah, that came out. Yeah, because that came out in 2011, so I was a freshman in college when that came out. I remember that game. I, I bought it, and I I tried to play it, and I really didn't like the controls. And then I just, it sat on my shelf for like a year, and I never touched it. And then one day I just decided to, you know, pick it up and play it again. And I actually took the time to figure out the controls and actually really liked it. Yeah, I um, I played... I can't remember what year it was, 16 or 17, but I remember the controls being something to get used to and eventually just kind of did turn me off from it. And it was like, I didn't play it enough to justify really owning it. Like, especially because they release those every year. I just felt like by the time I was going to be able to play it and figure out the controls and like get good at it, everybody was going to be playing the next one. So it was just like, this is a waste of time. I I think um whichever one Stone Cold was on the cover for that might have been 16. Yeah, so I remember I think I bought that one from GameStop and I bought it pre-owned and I think I I went home, played it for like 20 minutes and drove went went back out that same day and took it back to GameStop. <laughs> I don't know, they I I think I think they just lost their appeal to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, wrestling kind of in a hole is just kind of lost on me right now. What are you talking about, man? There's so much cool stuff happening. I got into an argument on Instagram with this guy. I try so hard not, I'm like, I'm too old for this. I can't just, I can't be arguing on, (sighs) there was like, this video, this guy Dante Martin, in uh, All Elite Wrestling, and he was he was he had a match against uh, Hangman Adam Page, and Dante went and springboarded on the ropes while Adam was like on the apron, and then Adam pushed him off, and he did a Dante did a backflip, and then Adam Page went to do his buckshot lariat where he like goes over, like, you know, flips over the ropes and hits a lariat on him. So Dante Martin lands on his feet and then is, like, looking directly at Adam Page as he's doing this and, like, doing, like, a little, like, run in place and then, like, gets hit and does a backflip. And I was just like, this is so fucking terrible. Like, it looks so choreographed that, like, you, you were, like, anticipating the move and, like, decided to sell it like that as opposed to like actually like if he would have backflipped landed on his feet and then like acted like he twisted his ankle or like buckled his knee and like looked down for a second because like if you look down for a second you know you can still like look up and see the guy is gonna hit you but yeah there's like so many small things about modern wrestling that i'm just like Take, it just takes me out of it. Anyway, so I said that. I typed that out on the the video. And then some guy was like, Well, Adam Page took too long to hit the 
the buckshot. And I was like, I don't know, dude. It didn't look like he took that long at all. And then the guy's like, if you can't see it, I don't know what to tell you. I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> so then I just started trolling him after that. Because I was, I was just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're just you're just a Dante Martin stan for no reason. You just like these flippy guys who suck. I think that's why I'm probably such like a fierce defender of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> because cause say what you want, but none of his matches come off as choreographed. That's true. Oh, well, you know, if you're still with us, <laughs> After <laughs> us talking about wrestling, <laughs> we just want to let you know that uh, we are not going to be talking about wrestling anymore during this podcast. Well, maybe. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, because one thing we've learned to like leading up to this episode, episode one, we ramble a lot. And we'll press record, and we'll just start talking about something way off topic. So, <laughs> yeah, so if you you'll listen- probably hear about wrestling again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe not this episode, but at some point. Um, yeah, not this episode. I guess we should say that, again, that this is the first episode. First official episode. The of, inaugural episode. Of Nerds Collide. So, that, that's exciting. Aren't you excited? I I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Give me off of there. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, uh, here we are. Episode one, and I'm kind of s- starting off with a bang, right? Because this episode is kind of a special one. Yeah, it's a special episode. Not only because it is the first episode, but the topic at hand is very special. Yeah, so... But what are we talking about, Travis? So today's episode is going to be dedicated... To the Nintendo Switch. And why is that? Because the Nintendo Switch turned five a few weeks ago. So we're a little late. So so a little bit of a happy happy belated birthday to the Nintendo Switch. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy, <laughs> happy birthday to you. How old are you? Five. <laughs> That's how old it is. So yeah, March 3rd. 2017 was the release date of the Nintendo Switch, so that just passed. So that's the f- we are on the fifth. We or sorry, we just passed the fifth anniversary of the Nintendo Switch. That's wild. Yeah, it is wild. It feels like not that long ago, and also that long ago, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, one thing that infuriates me about Nintendo is they never line up with the other generations. They're, they always come out, like, a year, two years offset. Like, PlayStation and Xbox, they usually release the same year, at least the past few generations. And Nintendo just does whatever they want. I think that is part of the appeal of Nintendo, though, is they don't follow a lot of the trends in video games. And to a fault, they don't, fall, they don't follow all the trends and hype that surrounds other video game consoles. It's funny, though, because... Uh, Xbox started that, though, like the offset uh, release year of console with the Xbox 360, because that came out a full year before 
uh, Nintendo Wii and PlayStation 3. Yeah, they kind of rushed that thing out. They rushed it out and suffered the consequences. <laughs> were there really consequences, though? Because even with the Red Ring of Death, those things were still sounding like hotcakes. Yeah, you're right. They didn't... <laughs> the only consequence they suffered was uh, Red Ring. You know what? That, that would like totally turn me off to a console. Thankfully, I never had that happen with my 360 that I had. I think you might be able to trace that back to uh, like why Xbox One didn't sell as well as they had hoped. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a direct cause. Obviously, it's. I mean, it's not. But I no. think might have been a lingering factor. Xbox One floundered because they they got away from what made them successful in the past. They tried to market the Xbox One as like this all-in-one entertainment system, and they didn't focus enough on the games. Couple that with all the DRM stuff that was out at the time, like couldn't buy used games, you had to be online, made the Connect mandatory, it was bundled in with every system, which made it more expensive than the PlayStation 4. There was a lot of things that led to the Xbox One not being successful right out the gate. They they finally found their footing though. Yeah, they're finding it now with uh Game Pass and yeah, because it seems like the series the series X is doing well. I don't know. I haven't really I haven't really been following this this new generation too closely, except for Switch, which is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I like how we I like how we said this this episode is gonna be dedicated to Switch, and we just started talking about Xbox yeah, and wrestling. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so let's get back to the Nintendo Switch. So, so we're a little bit late to the party, so to speak, um, because March third was the anniversary, and it's is it thirty first? It is the thirty first. I would say the reason that we wanted to dedicate this first episode to the Switch is because it's probably both of our favorite systems right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Might be, might, might could be my favorite of all time. I'm not ready to go there yet. I am. Let's let's freaking I'm... do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's it's a really wonderful console. Just the the ability to take it on the go. I, I think we were we were talking about this. I don't know if we were recording at this time, but I don't think I would have played as many video games as I have in the last few years if, it, if I wasn't able to take the Switch with me places, specifically to work. So. So let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's um let's I guess kind of give a brief history of the Switch in case anybody's listening and they're for whatever reason not familiar <laughs> with the system. Yeah, let's give a little history. <laughs> the debut trailer for Nintendo's next home console, then rumored as the NX, premiered on October twentieth, two thousand sixteen. 22 seconds into the video revealed the new console's name, Nintendo Switch. 10 seconds later, we watched as a tablet lifted from the base to become a handheld. Fast forward a bit to January 13, 2017, where Nintendo live-streamed a special presentation from Japan on YouTube concerning all things Nintendo Switch. The 1 hour, 6 minute, and 8 second event began with Nintendo President Tatsumi Kimishima giving an overview of the Nintendo Switch, a video played labeling the dock, 
console, Joy-Con controllers, and the Pro Controller. He then announced the launch date and price, March 3rd, 2017, and $299.99 for North America. Nintendo also showcased upcoming titles, most of which were slated for the first year. Some of these titles included 1-2-Switch, ARMS, Platoon 2, Super Mario Odyssey, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Skyrim, EA FIFA, and of course, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The Nintendo Switch released on March 3rd, 2017. By the end of March, it had sold 2.74 million units. Strong sales would continue, and at year's end, the Switch would sell 14.86 million units. Fun fact, the Nintendo Wii U lifetime sales are 13.56. That's over a five-year period, by the way. At the time of this recording, Nintendo has sold over 103 million units, making it the third best-selling home console of all time under the PS4 and PS2, respectfully. With over 43 million units sold, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is, to date, the best-selling Switch game, followed by Animal Crossing New Horizons with 37 million, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with 27 million, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild with 25 million, and Pokemon Sword and Shield rounding out the top 5 with 23 million. Nintendo would go on to expand the Switch family of systems, releasing the Switch Lite in 2019 and the Switch OLED Edition in 2021. I think the only way to truly celebrate the Switch's birthday is if we nerd out a little bit. Come on, nerd. We can nerd. <laughs> we can nerd. Let's nerd. <laughs> you a nerd? So, I could have swore you was a nerd. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess we could we could start with uh, our initial reactions with seeing the trailer. I think we were both at at work that day when the trailer came out. Yeah, we were in separate. <clears throat> I was in rebuild, so I was I was down by the furnace area, and then okay, you were, you had like just started very recently, right? Yeah, yeah, but I remember I remember coming in the break room and and a bunch of you guys were you know talking about and watching the trailer, which led to me pulling it up myself. So when I watched the trailer, of course, you know I thought it was intriguing. Because we had never seen anything like this before. Yeah, I think the only thing similar was like PlayStation Vita had crossplay, so you could play some PS3 games on the console, but I think it was limited to a certain number. And obviously, you had to own both consoles to do this. So, right. Yeah. So, seeing that and then even seeing, you know, how the the Joy-Cons detached and everything. It, it it was really intriguing to me, but the, the trailer didn't make me want to run out and buy one, though. Right, okay. The last Nintendo console that I had owned at that time was a Wii, and I didn't even play that thing that much. <laughs> so I <laughs> I feel like we, we we were both, like, on opposite ends of the spectrum. I, I wasn't <laughs> playing. <laughs> like, I don't know. I really wasn't in the, into Nintendo at the time. Um for whatever reason. But after seeing the trailer, I mean, it did look intriguing. And it was something that eventually, like, it was like one of those things where you see it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that. And then it's, you know, there's other things that you want to get. And then it just kind of ends up 
falling to the wayside. Right. Yeah, I get that. That that memory of that day at work, I, um, <laughs> it was kind of stored away, and then when you brung it up, like, <laughs> and talk like while we were sketching out this this episode, that memory kind of unlocked. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that day, because <laughs> everyone was just in the you know everyone was talking about it at work. Yeah, man. I so my my initial thoughts because like I'm. I am pretty much a Nintendo fanboy. Like, I've always owned the systems. I've pretty much owned every single one, almost at launch. Like, and pretty much every one ever, except, like, Virtual Boy. And, uh, that is it. Yep, that's the only one. That's the only one I haven't owned. All right, cool. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so, I actually owned a Wii U on launch. May played it for the entire console generation, so like five years, I think, because it released on uh, released in 2012. And they, the funny thing about Wii U is they discontinued it in January of 2017, so like two months, a full two months before <laughs> before the Switch came out, which is like honestly so absurd. That is, ugh. That is such a weird thing. Um, let me look up the. Uh... I wonder if it was a situation where they they had to discontinue it early because they had so many just like sitting in a warehouse somewhere and they couldn't sell them. <laughs> yeah, it was probably that, and they were like more focused on making Nintendo Switches for you know the launch. Um, sure. So yeah, it released on November eighteenth, two thousand twelve. And it was discontinued uh, in January 2017, which is wild. So I played the Wii U throughout its life cycle. I actually liked it. I don't. <laughs> that's probably a you know a shameful thing to admit, but <laughs> I did like it. Um, but I remember like hearing the rumors about the NX and. Just, I mean, because I, I was like, oh, it's a Nintendo console, I'm just going to buy it anyway. But I had, like, no idea. I don't even think I had heard any rumors as far as, like, um, yeah, I don't remember hearing any rumors, but I do remember the trailer dropped, and I watched it, and was just, like, immediately ecstatic. Like, I could not believe how much, like, how excited I was for this console. I watched that reveal trailer so many times. I was showing it to people at work, like, because it dropped while I was at work. So I was, like, going around to people just like, hey, you seen this trailer? You seen this, <laughs> you seen this trailer? You want to watch it? And then we'd, like, watch it together, and they'd be like, yeah, it looks really cool. And uh, I remember there was this guy, John Parker, who, like, Generally was not uh, excited by anything, <laughs> really. And uh, I showed him, and he was like, wow, that looks really fucking cool. <laughs> and I was like, well, if he thinks it is, <laughs> I think we got something here. That's uh, all you need is the John Parker stamp of approval. <laughs> fucking bro. <laughs> Better be careful, man. You might be listening. 
<laughs> I'm not doing this out of uh I'm not making fun of him. It's you know it's it's an endearing uh impersonation. But uh yeah, man, I watched it so many times and then I remember Nintendo hosted a, like a pre-launch event. I I almost got the date right when I was l- writing my notes for this show, like without looking it up. I was like, "Let me look it up." It was January 13th, and I wrote January 3rd. And I was like, "Ugh, man, I almost got that date right. I can't believe I remember that." Um January 13th, 2017, Nintendo hosted a pre-launch event in Japan that they like telecast on YouTube, I want to say. So it came out like it so um it televised in America at like 3 in the morning. <laughs> like uh because of time zone difference. So I was I was watching it in sections while at work cuz I was working midnights at the time and just like oh, I was so excited. I was like talking to coworkers like, "Dude, this is going to be so this is going to be so fucking cool. This is going to be the best console of all time." I was just like a little nerd boy. <laughs> <laughs> just like it took me back to being like a uh like a preteen, you know, high school age where I was just like really stoked for video games. So mm-hmm. that was that was really nice. Yeah, and then I pre-ordered it cuz they were available the next day for pre-order. Jan- so January 14th. I like woke up early cuz I got off at 6 a.m. I woke up early. Went to GameStop and pre-ordered it. So, that was cool. <laughs> it's crazy because it just goes to show like how out of the loop I was in terms of Nintendo because I don't even remember hearing like any rumors about a new system coming out. So, when that trailer dropped, I was really taken aback. I mean, the Wii U had only been on the market for five years at that point. And even though it was failing or perceived to be failing... It was failing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was failing. failing. 13 million units sold over a five-year period is, like, right. pitiful. <laughs> but but from my point of view, where, like, I'm really not paying attention oh, right, to right, right. what's going okay. on over there, it's like, all I see is, like, all I hear about is there's not really a lot of games coming out. I guess at the time, I wasn't equating that to people weren't buying systems. Right. I remember, you know, the Wii craze where everybody had a Wii in the house, so I just kind of assumed everyone had a Wii U, except for me. <laughs> you thought you were alone? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was alone on the island, the only guy who didn't own a Wii U. Um, so I, it really wasn't until you know the Switch started coming out that I started paying more attention and, and realized how terrible the Wii U was actually doing and performing. But yeah, I, I don't remember hearing like any of the rumors or anything like that, so when that... When that trailer dropped, I was kind of shocked. It's such a, like... The funny thing about that trailer, because I went back and watched it, it's like... I don't know how to... I don't know how to say this without being, like, judgmental. But it's, like, kind of, like, a trendy... Like, it's really trendy. Like, trendy in a way that's, like, forced. Like, it's a very trendy trailer. Like... Right. Because it shows, like, a bunch of people hanging out on the rooftop of a New York apartment they're just like some person just brings their switch over is like let's play some switch and then they like are like commercial laughing just like (laughs) yeah i do i haven't watched it probably since i've seen it that first day at work 
<laughs> but I do remember there just being like they just kept showing like a lot of scenarios that would never happen in real life. <laughs> you know what's funny though is I've had scenarios like that happen since like since owning a Switch. I, like one time I was at a party and I had like my Switch uh with me. Or I had it in the car because I just came from work or something. And uh, somebody was like, you got a Switch, right? And I was like, yeah. And I literally, like, put it on the table. And we played a game. (laughs) And I only realized afterwards, like, oh my god, I'm living in the Nintendo Switch reveal trailer right now. (laughs) You're a Nintendo stereotype. (laughs) You know what I haven't done, though? I haven't uh, played basketball. And then took a break from playing basketball to play basketball on my Nintendo Switch with my friends. <laughs> I haven't done that. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever gonna do that. So that that was the part part of the trailer where I was I was alluding to. I was like, okay, this is a situation that's never gonna happen in real life. <laughs> Who? Okay, so who's taking their Nintendo Switch to the basketball court, and then? You're gonna you're gonna stop playing real life basketball. <laughs> to go I mean, maybe you, play maybe, NBA two K. Maybe you suck. You know, <laughs> you're just you're out there stinking up the court, and then you're just like, let me let me feel good about myself. You know what's funny is there were a lot of those things when the Switch was first coming out that were kind of like shoehorned in, where Nintendo was trying to like show like, oh, we're gonna have third party support this time. Because they made a big deal about Skyrim yeah. being on the system. And obviously, the things in the trailer were like NBA 2K. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess like the Nintendo Switch has done better with third-party support. But for the most part, all of the third-party support has been ports from older systems. Which, I mean, it's cool because having these games on the go is always a good thing. Right. But some of those ports are terrible. The only port I remember hearing that was terrible was, oh my god, I completely blanked on it. Well, I can tell you a story of a really bad port. Yeah, go ahead. So, it was probably January. I had picked up my Switch, which had been sitting there collecting dust for a while. And I was like, oh man, I want to play a game. So, I went on the eShop, and I went to the price range spot, and I went all the way down to like 0 to $5 tier. Yeah. Then I was like, let me see what kind of deals they had. And they had uh, Saints Row 4 for like $4. Oh my god, that is like the game I was thinking of, I think. I didn't know, and I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get past the first mission. <laughs> you can't, you can't. I tried like three times, and I was like, alright. I feel like I should get my $5 back for that game. That. <laughs> Yeah, man, you should totally contact that company. Whoever makes that, I don't know who does. But Yeah, I don't remember who now. There's another game I was real excited for called Rhyme. Um, I haven't heard of that one. It's kind of a smaller sort of game. That has real bad performance issues, but that's, like, across the board for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I read even, like, PS4 and Xbox had performance issues, which is, it's not, like... A technically, like, too technically advanced. I don't even understand why I would have those issues. So, right. I don't know. It's a shame, too, because that, uh, that GTA, um, collection just came out yeah. recently. And I want to get that for my Switch, but <laughs> Saints Row 4 has left such a bad taste in my mouth. So, 
apparently there's an issue with on all consoles with that GTA uh, trilogy. Like, that's not just a Switch thing. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if I really wanted to play those games bad enough, I could just go, you know, get it for my original Xbox. Or I could probably even download it on, like, the PSN store. Yeah. But, I mean, I would like to have those games on the go. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for that to drop in price. Um, Do a little price drop so I can buy it. Yeah. Although it is... It's not a necessarily bad deal, like sixty dollars and you get three games, so twenty bucks. I mean, the only bad part is, you know, they're like twenty years old. So I'm interested to see how they hold up because I haven't played them since you know that era. Yeah, the only one I played was uh, uh, San Andreas. I really like mm-hmm. that one. The other, the other two, I haven't really dabbled in, so I was looking forward to uh, to doing that. Like I said, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, so during that era, I was all about GameCube. All, all about that Double Dash. All about that GomCube. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should do um, a whole, a whole another episode just dedicated to the GameCube. Man, you, you don't want that. I'm gonna talk about it for like three, four hours, just like. Man, let me tell you about this time I pre-ordered Resident Evil 4, and then <laughs> I went to the right. store and got it. All right, so before you start going on a tirade about, <laughs> about the GameCube, why don't we say we uh we take a break, <laughs> and then when we come back, we can- We'll uh, talk about GameCube. No, no. <laughs> no, we'll talk about the Switch. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk, talk about the Switch, and we're going to uh, kind of talk about our experience purchasing it. Yep. All right, we're back from break. Yay. I want you to start okay. because I I didn't I didn't buy my Switch at launch, but you did. All right, sounds good. So like I said, I pre I pre-ordered it on January 14th, 2017. It's insane that I was able to track down that date. I pre-ordered the neon red and neon uh blue edition. And Breath of the Wild Special Edition. They actually had a Master Edition, which came in like a cool black box, and it came with like a statue of the Master Sword. I got there, they opened at 11. I got there at 12, and they're like, the GameStop employee was like, yeah, we sold out of those already, those pre-orders. I was like, man, it's been one hour. What? So I got the Special Edition, and I was super stoked to buy a Switch. And then life happened. So like a month before the Switch launched, I had some little financial troubles. I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to buy a Switch. Which really bummed me out. My buddy at the time was thinking about buying a Switch. And I, I had it pre-ordered already. So I just said, well, I got mine pre-ordered already. If you want to, I'll just go with you to GameStop and, you know, you pay for it and it'll be yours. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. So that was the plan going into it, which bummed me out a little bit. <laughs> the day it released, I was working midnight. So I got off at 6 a.m. I like, and it was a Friday too. So I looked at my bank account and I was like, oh shit, I got way more money than I thought I would. I was like, I'm going I'm to mosey on over to Walmart and uh, see if they got some. There was like no one there too. 
like, which really surprised me. I was like thinking I'm going to walk into like a lion's den sort of situation and have to wait in line for like four hours. But nobody was there. It was completely empty. I went to the video game section and I actually found like two coworkers of mine were there. <laughs> and I was just like, what's up, man? And they're like, yeah, we're getting switched. I was like, yeah, me too. So the guy came back out, gave them their switches. Oddly enough, another coworker called my friend Derek and was like, hey, where are you at? He's like, I'm at Walmart picking up a switch. And <laughs> the guy was like, do they got any more? And Derek like asked the employee and he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll be up there. <laughs> so like four people from the same job were just like, hell yeah, we're going there in early, early hours of the day. So anyway, I got the last red and blue one. Like got it, walked out, went home, like opened it up, set it up. And it was just like, by that time it was like, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock, somewhere around there. And I'm like, well, I don't have any games for it, so I'm just, I'm just gonna go to bed. So I went to bed for like a couple hours, and then uh, I woke up, picked up. Maybe he picked me up. I don't remember. We went to GameStop. It was like packed. It was funny. It was like eleven a.m. or like twelve, I think. It was. There were so many people in this GameStop. And, like, GameStops are, you know, usually small stores, so, like, it was, there were so many people there. We were waiting in line. There's a guy, like, two steps in, or two spaces in front of us. He gets his, and he's, like, recording on his phone. And he's, like, doing, like, a little selfie thing. He's, like, all right, guys, I got the Nintendo Switch here. And he, like, puts his phone up to it. He was recording for, like, a YouTube channel or something. And, uh, I'll say it sounded like he was doing some t- some form of vlog. Yeah, so he's like, "All right, guys, got my Nintendo Switch here. First person in line, man. So excited! Like, subscribe, DM me if you want me, if you want me to pick you up a Switch." He didn't say that, but that would have been funny. Um, and then the GameStop employee was like, <laughs> like went over to him. There was like four people working that day too. One of them went up to him and was like, hey, man, you got to stop recording. Hey, man, you got to stop recording. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop, okay? You can't you can't have any of our logos in the video, okay? And the guy was like, <laughs> all right, man. All right, we're leaving GameStop. <laughs> he just laughed. I thought it was so funny. I like to think that guy probably walked out of the GameStop still recording, and then someone just decked him in the mouth <laughs> and took his switch. Oh, man. Obviously not condoning violence, but that would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't hit that guy. The next guy in front of us walked up to the counter, and the uh, employee said, "What? How can I help you? And he said, I'm here to pick up Breath of the Wild. Or my pre-order of Breath of the Wild for the Wii U. And my buddy turned around and was like, man, what a fucking loser. <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Hold on, man. 
He didn't. Okay, so let me let me rephrase that. He didn't say fucking. Okay, he didn't swear. He didn't use any swears. He just turned to me and said, Psh, "Man, what a loser." Okay, I thought he I thought he like said it loud in the store for like everyone to hear. To be fair though, that guy probably did hear him because he wasn't like he wasn't like whispering it. He was just to oh. me. He was to me like, Psh, "What a loser." Man, I feel bad for that guy. I do. I did too at the time as well. I mean, I laughed because it's just funny. But I was, I was like, "Come on, man! He's got enough money for Breath of the Wild, and that's it." But it's funny because, like, I didn't. I was before that. Before I went to Walmart, I was like, you know, not planning on buying a Switch, but I was still gonna pick up my Breath of the Wild and just like not play it until I got a Switch. <laughs> but anyway. We got, you know, we got out of there, got all the stuff. I dropped him off, went back home, started Breath of the Wild for like an hour, and then was like, I am so tired. I went back to bed, and then I had that day off, too. So, I woke up at like 7, <laughs> it's like 7 at night, and I'm like, alright man, time to play Breath of the Wild. And I played it for hours, and then, yeah. Were you playing in handheld mode, or were you playing it on the TV? On the TV. I didn't actually play handheld mode until the next day when I went to work and I brought everything with me. Oh, okay. I do, I do remember real quick, I went up to get my Breath of the Wild and the guy, the employee asked if I wanted to buy the DLC for Breath of the Wild, which hadn't released yet. But they had, they hyped it up. And I didn't really know anything about it, so I asked him what it was. And he said, oh, it's a harder, it's hard mode, and there's, like, extra stuff. And I was like, why would I pay, why would I pay for hard mode? <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs> so, so I didn't get that. But yeah, then I just played it forever. So yeah, I got mine on, on launch, but you got yours. Way later. A little bit later. A little Way bit, later. a little bit later. <laughs> so... I didn't buy mine until early 2022. No, 2022. (laughs) I didn't buy mine until yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) These last few years just blend together. (laughs) Early 2020. So pretty much right at the beginning of the pandemic, really. So I remember I was sitting in the laundromat. I think we we were either getting ready to get laid off of work soon I think at that point we had, no, we hadn't got a stimulus check at that point. But, I mean, at that point I had been working so much where I had, like, some extra money. I was like, man, I think I'm going to finally get a Switch. <laughs> I'm going to do it. It took me the entire time we were at the laundry mat, which was probably, like, an hour and a half, to finally find a Target that had some in stock. But it was, like, 45 minutes away. And they only had Switch lights in stock. Mm, so okay. I was like, I was like, okay, do do I just want to get a switch light? And I started thinking, I was like, well, I mean, even if I get a regular switch, I'll probably primarily play in handheld mode anyway, because that's what was appealing to me. It's like, all right, I'll I'll just go ahead and get a switch light. But even then, like, it was like one of them things where it said like, oh, we have three left, but you might get there, and they realistically don't have any, right? But I didn't have anything to do that day, so I'm like, all right, you know, let's let's take this trip. 
So I ended up getting there, and they had like seven in stock. They were lying. <laughs> yeah, but they only had they only had the gray ones, which is fine because that was the one I wanted anyway. So I picked up my Switch Lite, and then I um I bought Mario Odyssey along with it. I was gonna get Mario Kart Eight too, but that game was you couldn't find that game at that time. That <laughs> you couldn't even order that game online. Yeah, there were so many games at that time you couldn't find. Like, cause I already had a Switch and like a lot of those games, but I remember going when they started lifting restrictions and you being able to like go to stores. And I remember going to grocery stores and going past the video game section, and there'd be like nothing there. <laughs> I actually, how I got my copy of Mario Kart Eight was a friend of my fiance's from Michigan was actually at the store. And I, she was on the phone with her. I was like, "Hey, tell her to go see if they have any Mario Kart eights." And they had, and they had one. So I was like, "All right, buy it and have her send it. Ship it to me. It, yeah, <laughs> it'll be easier." And then they didn't ship it for like another three weeks, which made me mad. Because <laughs> by that point, I had like found copies in the store. Oh but, yeah, so oh, yeah, that that does suck. But anyway, uh, so I got Mario Odyssey day one. So for a few weeks, that was the only game I had. So I was just playing that, and then, you know, like you said, as they started lifting restrictions, and, and you were able to... Even though here in Texas, we really didn't have too many restrictions. We were pretty much wide open for the most part. But there were some, but I guess it wasn't more so them lifting restrictions. It was more so feeling more comfortable going out, I guess. Right, yeah. So I, I would go out and, you know, I would... I picked up a few more games. Um, I still to this day, I don't have like a bunch because I go through phases where like I play it a lot, which I'm going through a phase now where I play it a lot. And then I go through like a year where I don't play it all. <laughs> <laughs> but so I remember right after I bought it was when my job was like, all right, we're shutting down for two weeks because we're not selling anything because of the pandemic. And right at that time, was when I also picked up Animal Crossing, which is the first Animal Crossing I ever had. I would literally just, like, wake up, you know, do my morning routine, and I would just play my Nintendo Switch until it died, and then, <laughs> then char- charge it back up. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, man, I can't play it anymore. Yeah, but <laughs> I gotta I, do other stuff. But I, I do remember, like, being hyped actually walking in that target and seeing that they had some in stock. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I, the... I I think I sent you a picture of it too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that's that's my story of how I got it. You know, I I was like a lot of Americans that was just looking for something to fill my time with when shutdown was looming, and that's what I chose to do. And I still to this day only have a Switch Lite. That's. All I have, I, every game I have, I played on that. I played the entirety of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in handheld mode. Mario Odyssey, everything. Only in handheld mode. Man, you only have one Switch? God. Um, yeah. You, why, you, why don't you be like me and have three for some reason? <laughs> so I do have three Nintendo Switch consoles, which... As I say out loud, it makes me feel ashamed. <laughs> nah, man. I So I bought the original one, like, launch day, like I said. And then I got the Switch Lite as a Christmas gift. Because 
I'm gonna be honest. I was like, man, I want to switch light, and everybody's like, why? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. They just look cool. They just look cool. And uh, <laughs> like specifically the turquoise one was my favorite one. And uh, yeah, I uh bought it. Or sorry, I didn't buy it. I'm a liar. I didn't buy it. I got it as a Christmas gift and set it up. Set up my little turquoise switch. I've pretty much primarily played on that since getting it. Like, I would just take it to work. So, my original switch ended up just becoming my home console, and then the Switch Lite was my portable one. And then, four days ago, I was like, uh, browsing. I was reading something about the uh, OLED switch, and I just had the thought of like, well, let's see. Let's see if it's in stock anywhere. And then it was like Best Buy near, like pretty close to where I live was like, we have one in stock. And I'm like, just bought it immediately and (laughs) went on Amazon and bought like a screen protector and a protective case and, and a micro SD card and then went there the next day and picked it up. And they had a lot there. Did they? Like, they lied again. Not Target, <laughs> but Best Buy this time. Best Buy and Target are liars. They had, like, three Switch lights. They had, like, five OLED Switch consoles. And then, like, any game you can imagine. It was wild. And there was nobody there, too. Nobody's buying these consoles at the random Best Buy near my house. <laughs> I imagine... Probably before year's end, I'll have picked up an OLED. Yeah, honestly, like, I probably should have used that money for something else. Okay, so I put it on my credit card, but, I mean, I have to pay it back. So I could probably find many more useful, uh, you know, product- more productive uses for that money. Uh, But you know what? No regrets, man. No regrets. The only, the last console I bought was a Nintendo Switch on launch day. It's been five years. You know, I figure it's time to treat myself. Like like they say, treat yourself, don't cheat yourself. You know? <laughs> so now that we've, we've kind of gone over our purchasing history, I think it's time we, uh, we get into some of our favorite games. And I think, I think we both did a top five with the honorable mention, right? I did. I'm sure I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I guess the best way we can do this is to go back and forth. Like, I'll do my honorable mention, then you do yours. Yeah. We'll, okay. So, I'll, I'll start off. So, my honorable mention is going to be Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Ooh, okay. Nice. And so, that um that collection of uh, Mario 64, Sunshine, and the first Galaxy that came out, came out in 2020, right? Yeah, it was like September of 2020. Okay. So, uh, All-Stars is my honorable mention because this was the first time I actually ever played through Sunshine. So, Mm. and, uh, I mean, having Mario 64 on the go is always great. And I still haven't played Galaxy. I'll I'll get to it eventually. Isn't it kind of lame that they put... Uh, Mario 64 on the Nintendo Online <laughs> like a year after they released that collection. Well, you gotta think that's why it was 
a timed release. Yeah, I assume. Even though you could still go into Walmart and it's still brand new on the shelves. Yeah, I don't even understand that. It's like everywhere. <laughs> right. It's just you can't go on the eShop and buy it though. That's so weird. Hopefully, hopefully. Side note: that means that we'll get GameCube and Wii games on Switch. So that's my auto roll mention. It's 3D All Stars. Good games. I like plowed through those games when that collection came out. Like, I'm talking like 120 star completion of those games. Like, sheesh. That was actually the first time I'd ever gotten all the stars in Sunshine and Galaxy. Anyway, those games are good. <laughs> my my honorable mention is Animal Crossing. So I did not get into the hype of uh, the 2020 pandemic Animal Crossing thing. I was too busy playing Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. <laughs> and, like, uh, a <laughs> like a loser. Like a loser. So, uh, yeah. And then I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how it was like one of their favorite games of the 2020. And they were... T- they. They talked about it so highly and just made it seem like it was such a uh like a communal experience in gaming. It did make me uh did make me feel like I had missed out on an experience. So I went and bought it uh right after Chris this past Christmas and put 150 hours into it from that time that I bought it to like the end of January. It's really really good. There are some big nitpick things or there's some there's some things that I can nitpick, but I think overall the experience is just really enjoyable and calming. And, uh, yeah, it's my honorable... It's number six best Switch game I've played. All right, so my number five, I actually just changed here in real time. My list, oh. just, my list just changed, okay? Uh-oh. So my number five is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number five. All right. Yeah. yeah. Wild. All right. So it was thought... it, it was number four. Okay. And then there was another game, number five. And then there was this other game that I was completely neglecting. Okay. That I for completely forgot about. And I was like, oh yeah. So it completely shifted my order. So yeah. Um I guess for me, Breath of the Wild falls to number five. One, as we already talked about, I didn't have a Switch on launch. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get into Legend of Zelda right then and there. And even when I got my Switch Lite, I didn't buy Legend of Zelda till probably six months after. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to play it, I quickly realized at the time that it probably wasn't for me. I haven't played any of the Zelda games previously. And then... Probably two months ago, maybe three months ago, I was out of work for uh, COVID-like symptoms, and I was like, all right, let me try this game again, and then... Let me give it the old college try. 80 hours later, you know, I've <laughs> done majority of the things that you can do in the game, uh, at least all the mainline stuff, and, and I love it, but there's not... There's not that nostalgia of like that being the first game I played on the Switch or like right. all this previous like history of all the other Legend of Zelda games that I played. Like there isn't any of that attached to it 
So it just kind of sits at number five for me. That's fair. It's a good game, so. though. Oh, yeah, real good game. Real good. I also, um, I also have a problem with Animal Crossing being your honorable mention, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> we, we will get into that later. <laughs> you got problems. I got problems. Um, <laughs> my, so my number five is Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Definitive edition, or sorry, I got the title wrong. Let me get the exact title right. <laughs> Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, Definitive Edition S for the Nintendo Switch is the entire title. Actually, let me... There's like a joke on this podcast I listen to where they make fun of that all the time because like in hype trailers for it, it was always like the full title and then... For the Nintendo Switch. And it's just, I don't know. Oh, they gave a name to Dragon Quest XII. Ooh, I'm so hyped for that. Okay. Okay, here it is. Dragon Quest XI-S. Echoes of an Elusive Age. Definitive Edition. For the Nintendo Switch. Is my number five Switch game. So this game released on PS4 first. Just a regular basic edition. And I watched a 36-minute review of it. That this guy Tim Rogers of who used to work at Kotaku put out. It's a really good video. It's honestly really funny. I highly suggest you watch it. Maybe not the full thirty six minutes, but <laughs> just like you know, five minutes, ten minutes. I think you'll be like, all right, this is funny. But uh, I didn't buy it, and then I saw that it it released for the Nintendo Switch, and they had a demo out on the eShop. I was like, well, you know, I'll I'll play the demo because the uh the save from the demo transferred if you purchase the real game. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's nothing really to lose if I play the demo and I don't like it, then whatever. But if I do like it, then I can just transfer over all this time that I put in. I was thinking the demo was gonna be like three, four hours. It was twenty hours. I played that demo for like three days straight and was just like, when is the real game? Or when is this going to stop? And then there was this point where the two characters, Eric and the hero, jump off this bridge. That was like 10 hours in. I was like, all right, man, this is it. This is where the demo ends. And then it kept going. I was just like, <laughs> what the heck is going on right now? So I played the entire demo. Honestly, there are a lot of things to nitpick about this, too. Like, the English voice acting is really bad. But it's funny. It grows on you as you play. It's kind of an old-school... Like, Dragon Quest is really an old-school RPG, like, turn-based combat uh, exploration. This one has a lot of... uh, a lot of uh, quality of life features. Like, you can see all the enemies on the world map instead of random battles. And you can set your party members to tactics. Uh, so you don't have to... You don't even necessarily have to play battles. Honestly, you can set everyone to certain tactics and then just, like, zoom through the battles. Anyway, I put 120 hours into Dragon Quest because after I played the demo, I just went out and bought the real thing and played it in its entirety, beat it, and at the end, it, fade, it said, the end. Then it faded to black and said, to be continued. 
and there's like a whole nother campaign in it that I haven't done because I'm just like I'm exhausted. I can't. But yeah, it's really great. It's a really great uh old school sort of RPG. It's got uh really nice visuals and the world is really immersive and I really like it. That's my number five. Alright. So my number four, which is actually the game that was left out, and I just remember like, oh wait, that game exists. Uh Luigi's Mansion Three. Oh damn. Okay. Yeah. I've always kind of been partial to Luigi, probably because I'm the younger brother of two. <laughs> um, like he's he's my favorite character to like play in Mario Kart. And previously I had never played one of uh, the Luigi Mansion games before, so this was my first one. And this game is probably to date arguably the best looking game on the system. That's what I hear. I haven't played it. I have played You the haven't other played two. it? I own it. I just have not. I'm waiting until spooky season. That's fair. Because l- last October I beat Luigi's Mansion 1 and started 2. Okay. Uh, I'm like halfway through 2. So I was like, next October, <laughs> I'm coming for you. All right. So I'm, I'm going to try to commit myself to, since I got a GameCube now, I'm, I'm going to get me a copy of the first one. And then maybe find a DS and get two and try to play those in spooky season as well. But anyway, back to uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. So every Nintendo game kind of has this like classic like charm to it. Yeah. But this one takes it and just like turns the dial all the way up. Like the, <laughs> I think it's in every Luigi's Mansion game, but this is like like you press I think up on the D-pad maybe and it just triggers Luigi to call out for Mario. <laughs> Mario! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I would just do that like constantly. Does he do the does he do the whistling like when he's walking? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's like a staple. I believe, fr- yeah. That's like that's like and my then, favorite thing. Yeah, and then he'd like hum like different tunes or what yep. yeah. So there is one boss in in this game where like if you read or watch any review, it's it's pretty much across the board everyone hates it, but Aside from that, this game is perfect. The The bosses offer um, a pretty decent challenge. Uh, once you get higher up in the hotel, the higher levels, the more challenging they get. And the puzzles get a little bit challenging, too. But yeah, so that's my that's my number four, Luigi's Mansion 3. Wasn't even on my list. And then I happened to look down at my games. I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. I imagine there's probably something that I'm missing from my top five. Once we record this, I'm gonna be like, "Oh." Also, also, Luigi's Mansion Three is um one of the games that I played when I was off of work for two weeks. Nice. That that I would just play until my Switch died. That that was one of the games. I I bounced between that and another game that's on my list. So we'll get to that later. But okay, cool. Um. My- my number four is Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. So Ooh. I want to pre I want to preface this with I have not I've only played one hour of Bowser's Fury, so I'm solely basing this off of just 3D World, which I actually owned for the Wii U and played pretty much all the way through. But you know what? I'm putting it back on the Switch list because the ability to take it on the go is like incredible. I love being able to uh, 
pick this. This game is just so fun, so easy to get, you know, it's so easy to just pick up and play. And the fact that you can play with four people online and just out in the world. The levels are really short, uh, but they are challenging, like, the farther you get in. And I think it is one of the perfect examples of why a Mario game... Why Mario games have endured so long is just pick up and play easy, easy to play, hard to master. You know, they're just fun, and it's fun for everyone. It's funny because I'm I'm playing through that right now. So as much as I love Odyssey, and we'll get into that in a bit, and I love like that structure, mm-hmm. the open worldness should be like what they build upon for the next big 3D Mario game. Like, that that should be what they build upon. Nice. I'm excited to play it. I, I really just want to play it on a big screen TV, but just am not home enough to, like, play it. Right. But, wait, so you said you played 3D World on your Wii U. Have, have you not played it on the Switch? No, I, I beat it on Wii U, and then I beat it on entirely on switch okay went went through the entire game (laughs) i went through the entire thing and beat every single level i beat every single level as every single character whoa except the last level because it is so so tough it took me three months to beat it jeez there was a break in there so i like played it every day for like a week and then i was like i need a break and then, like, a month, two months later, I was like, all right, man, let's try it. And I played it every day for a week and finally beat it as Mario. And I was just like, I can't beat this as any other character right now. I need I need a break. So, yeah, I've, like, plowed through that game. But I've played it. All right, let's go to number three. So my number three is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Ooh. Probably to date the best Mario Kart experience. Although, I agree with that. Although, like, I say that, and then my, my nostalgia starts tingling, and it's like, no, Double Dash. Double Dash. <laughs> it's just or, whispering in your ear. Right. <laughs> double Dash, Double Dash. <laughs> <laughs> or, even, or even Mario Kart DS. Because I played the hell out of Mario Kart DS. That's like the one I haven't played a lot of, so... Yes. I'm sure it's good though. <laughs> yeah, because I remember that's another thing. It's like it it triggers my nostalgia because when me and my sister got a DS for Christmas one year, we each got a game. She got, I, I think she got uh the 64 port, uh, Mario 64 port, and then I got Mario Kart, and I would just play Mario Kart for hours. Um, but anyway, Mario Kart Eight is, I guess, is probably the best. I mean, it's it's got the most tracks, the most characters, um, the ability to play online, which I actually played online for the first time ever a few days ago, and I played three, um, three races, and I got first place in all three. Well, look at you. Which, which yeah, I was we like, talking. yeah, because I was like, okay, I'm actually like either really nice at Mario Kart, which I refuse to believe because I suck at video games in general. In general, I play my games on easy mode. <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta get that story. 
So it was like, all right, either I'm really nice or I'm just being matched up with like players of a similar skill or level, which I think I Googled it and it is like some like level based almost. Yeah, you said it was point based or something, right? Yeah, yeah, you get like points per, you know, race and wherever you uh you know, wherever place you end up in, but I don't care. I came in first. Yeah, you did. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I was playing as Luigi too, so nice. nice. <laughs> Mario Kart Mario Kart eight was my number seven. So I probably haven't played as much Mario Kart eight as I would like to. But it it's kinda like that switch game that like when I take my switch to work, I always make sure that that cartridge is in my case. I do have that that same thing. I have certain games that I keep with me when I take to work. Mario Kart Eight is one of them, though. Yeah, because it's just like okay, if I finish whatever you know game I'm playing at the time, or I get bored of that, I could always pop in Mario Kart, and you know it makes for quick and easy fun. You know, you jump in. You know, if you if you're connected to Wi-Fi, you can do the online, or you can do a a quick Grand Prix or whatever. Um, still, I probably still haven't played as much as I need to for it to even be number three. But I'm partial to Mario Kart. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait because I got the family online plan, and uh, it 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 goes or it expires in December. So when I renew, I'm gonna renew with the expansion, and then like they'll probably have way more games on there. So. Yeah, that that's what I'm waiting on is I'm just going to uh eventually get the expansion and then you get all those bonus tracks included with it. Yep. But anyway, I digress. That's my number 3, Mario Kart 8. Nice. My number 3 is The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, the remake for Nintendo Switch. So, this is actually I had tried in the past to play the original Game Boy version of Link's Awakening and just like could not for some reason. This one, the launch trailer came out, and, like, it is, is like, the goddamn cutest game ever. Like, little wooden toy box feel to it. Like, Link looks absolutely amazing. I have the amiibo of him, just because, like, ugh, it's so cute. I love it. But this is, like, a faithful port of the uh, Game Boy one. Actually, I want to say it's a faithful port of the Game Boy Color version. And then they added in, like, a Dungeon Maker. This is just classic Zelda. Just get your sword. You uh, end up on an island. You get your sword. You go around the dungeons and uh, slash enemies and figure out puzzles. And it's, like, there's so much charm in this game. Not only graphically, but there's, like, the first town you go to, the little hub town, there's this house. and uh, it has a chain chomp from Mario just attached to the stump, and it's just there. You can go in shops and buy a Yoshi doll, and there are Goombas. Like, in certain dungeons, it turns into, like, a 2D platformer. You just stomp on some Goombas as Link, and then there's, like, a Kirby enemy at one point. It's just, like, this really weird... This re- this really weird fever dream, this Nintendo fever dream, that's just really fun and charming. It just oozes charm. Yeah, it's just classic Zelda to a T. And uh, I've gone back since then and played, beat the original, and I bought the Game Boy, or sorry, the Legend of Zelda Game & Watch, which comes with Link's Awakening. 
and beat it on there too. So, and recently I've been wanting to go back and play the Switch remake of Link's Awakening. So, it's just a game that I really much enjoy and just keep playing through for some reason. So, <laughs> that's why it's number three. <laughs> All right, man, we're at number two. Number two. So, my number two is Super Mario Odyssey. All right. <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. All right. The, the first game that I ever owned for the system. I, I remember I would like, I would at that time, I was working afternoons. So I would work like 3 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. So like I would get off of work and I would just play that thing to like 3 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's probably, probably the best 3D Mario game. Let me uh let me interrupt you and say that my number two is Super Mario Odyssey as well. Okay. So... <laughs> All right. So, so now we can just talk about it. <laughs> so we could just have a, a discussion about Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. You got it on launch, right? Yep. Okay. So at that point, had have you had you beaten Breath of the Wild? No, I got really far in Breath of the Wild and then just kind of stopped playing it and picked up some other games. And then I picked up Mario Odyssey and then beat it. And then was like, maybe I should, I should probably go back and like actually beat Breath of the Wild. So I did that. But yeah, I did beat Odyssey before Breath of the Wild. Okay, so how many moons do you have? The last time I think I checked was like maybe 600. Sheesh. Like five. It's between 500 and 600 for sure. So I remember... Uh, <laughs> when I was playing it through, I was like, "All right, I'm. This is gonna be the first Mario game where I get every single moon or star, or, you know, whatever it is. I'm gonna get all of them." <laughs> and then I remember I get to what is it? Uh, what's the city called? New uh, Dong City. Yeah, New Dong <laughs> City. <laughs> so I, I get to that one, and there's a stupid ass jump rope game. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, okay, I'll skip this one. I'll come back to it. And then I forget it's been a long time since I, I played. There's another one in another world where it's like a volleyball mini game. Yep. I know and exactly like, what you're talking about. I was like, at that point, I had kind of given up. I was like, all right, I'm 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 probably not ever going to get these. Because again, I, I suck at video games. <laughs> But we love them. I'm yeah. I'm not that good either. So whatever. We like them. So I I had kind of, I've kind of given up the idea of like going back and and getting all of the moons. But I do want to go back in and probably start it from the beginning. Oh yeah. And then try to you know see how many I can get. But that's gonna take a lot of dedication. <laughs> a lot of a lot of time. I don't know, but I do want to go back though. Yeah, because like, cause like I said, it it I have I have fine memories of playing that one. Yeah, that's um, like nostalgia aside, that is probably the best. Like I always put Mario sixty four above them all, but that's just based on nostalgia. Especially replaying it for the collection, I was like, man, this camera is sort of janky. But, yeah, Odyssey is, like, smooth as butter, just controls like a dream, the camera is great, the levels are wonderful, really colorful, vibrant, 
uh, levels. Everything oozes with that Nintendo charm, like you said earlier. There is a bunch of bullshit moons in there. <laughs> like, there's one where it's like, look through these binoculars and look at a taxi cab that's flying in the sky, and then a moon will jump out at you or whatever. And I'm just like, why would I ever do that? I had to. I looked that up. I was like, why would I ever do that? So there's yeah. a bunch of moons that are just, you know, that are, are just filler, I feel. But you know what? The overall experience is so great that I don't even care about that. And a lot, a lot of the criticisms I find are like, oh, it's too easy. But like, the, the best part about Mario games is that they work for everyone. Because if you actually try to get all the collectibles and do yeah. all the challenges, then it's actually a challenging experience. But if you just want to, you know, do the main game, you can totally do that, and it'll be a breeze. Yeah, that that's always kind of been, like, typical Nintendo, where, yeah, the main main game, you know, to get to the end credits, fairly easy. Like, like you said earlier, easy to pick up, hard to master. And then, but it's when you want to go back and get, you know, all of those moons where that challenge comes in. That that game, the best part about that game, honestly, is just the controls of Mario. Like, yeah, the controls are just like, ugh, that they're so it, good. Except when you you're trying to jump rope, you just got jump, man. Mario's jump man. <laughs> got jump. <laughs> nah, man, <laughs> that's terrible. I think I I definitely got that moon, but I remember being like, just all right, come on. And then I, I think there's like a counter, like it keeps tabs you can connect online to see how many, uh, what's the highest score of jump rope, and like, I'm just like, how do people do this? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't have time for this. Right. All right. That that's number two. That was interesting that we had the same number two because we we didn't we don't know each other's lists. Yep, we don't know. You put yours in the notes, and I was like, take it out. I feel like I already know what your number one is because you haven't mentioned it yet, and I know it's in your top five. <laughs> you want you want, you want, want to take a guess? Huh? It's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I mean, it might be. <laughs> My number one is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. What? <laughs> I know, right? Um... Like I said, I picked this game up on launch, and I just have so many fond memories of playing this game in that springtime, figuring out what I'm supposed to do, playing it like on breaks with coworkers. We're all all sitting in a room, like six of us, all have our switches playing Breath of the Wild at the same time. Like that is another game, like I said about Mario, that controls like a dream. It's like I don't think I don't think. I don't think controlling Link has ever felt as good as it does in Breath of the Wild. Being able to climb anything, uh, go anywhere. The map is so huge and varied. Like, there's so... M there are things that, when you were describing to me your playthrough of it, I hadn't even... I hadn't even come across. Like, that... That is just... It, pardon the pun, a wild experience. <laughs> uh, 
a wild experience though like every playthrough you have is different and every playthrough that you talk to other gamers with is going to be different from yours that is definitely like the most appealing part of that game to me oh and the limited narrative actually boosts the significance of the narrative which is astounding they just give you so little and they make you seek out these memories. And when you do it, like is way more impactful. Honestly, my favorite character in that whole game is Zelda. It made me appreciate her because, you know, she's always just the damsel in distress. And like, I liked her obviously beforehand because I love the series, but it, they never had given like, I guess in some games they had, but a lot of it was like just damsel in distress sort of character vibe like Peach. Um, even in, like, Ocarina of Time, you haven't played it, so I'm not going to say a certain thing, but there's a certain part where she doesn't become a damsel, a damsel in distress, I should say, but there's a certain reason for it, so I'm not going to get into. But even then, it's, like, not really, not really a, a broad, like, sort of flesh, fully fleshed out characterization of Zelda until Breath of the Wild. And you see, like, her motivations for wanting, you know, to get these guardians and the uh, divine beasts up and running and her, you know, trying to use her brains to protect the kingdom of Hyrule and just kind of being shut down by her father because her father's stuck in these old ways of, like, you're, you know, you're the princess. You're supposed to, you know, just know your role. You aren't supposed to be, do all these extra things. And then, come to find out, she's basically the reason why Link is able to save the kingdom and why Ganon hasn't been able to ravage through Hyrule as he, you know, as much as he could have. So, I could go on for hours about this game, but yeah, I, it's, it's amazing. Such a great experience. That's why it's my number one. I, I imagine I'm probably in the minority not having that number one. Yeah. Like when you said uh five, I was like, oh. Or was it five? Yeah, it was five. It was four. It was four, but Right, okay. So yeah, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> Alright. So my number one is a game that you had on your list. I know what it is. What is I it? Think. Go ahead. A little game called Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> yeah. That's funny because we almost had our number ones in the, like, yours, mine was honorable mention and yours uh, was five. We almost had our number ones and number fives exactly the same. So, okay. From a gameplay perspective, Animal Crossing isn't the best. Right. Okay. But I think it's just the nostalgia that puts it there. So, I got my Switch, like, a few months before Animal Crossing came out. Animal Crossing was kind of, like, that first big release after I got my Switch that, like, I was able to, like... I wasn't even able to go to the store and get it. I had to order it and then go do, like, the drive, drive-by drive pickup where they bring it out and put it in your trunk. Yeah, the curbside pickup, Yeah, whatever. Yeah, curbside pickup, right. But it's still, it's, like, that first big Switch release after I had purchased my Switch, so there's the the nostalgia there, then obviously, you know, playing through the game, you know, being stuck at home, can't really go out. It's everything for me that you hear, you know, other people speak about it. 
know, when they say, you know, it really got them through the pandemic, really kind of helped, you know, keep that form of sense of community, going to visit other people's islands and stuff like that. Even though I really didn't do that all too well. The only time I really visited other people's islands is when I was um, buying and selling turnips. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much everything that you hear about New Horizons and what it meant to people during that era, it checks all those boxes for me. And that's why it sits up at number one. It's a real good game. It it is. And like I said, it's like Luigi's Mansion 3. It has the Nintendo charm and it just turns it all the way up. Except when you get that, uh, you know, that that villager that you want to kick out. (laughs) I had to do it. I think we all did. You have to do it sometimes, you know. You just gotta kick them out. They're whether whether they're ugly or annoying. Yeah, but <laughs> that game is just such a time sink, though, because you could just spend hours just doing whatever, <laughs> and none of it really matters. <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of does, cause, but there's no end game. There's nothing like. There's always something you're working towards, because you know you always got a something to pay back. It's a shame that I haven't gone back to it since then i could probably pick it back up and have fun with it but i almost don't want to because it's not gonna be the experience i had during that time stuck at home can't really go out there's nothing left there's really nothing for me to do but you know sit like sit on the couch and play animal crossing right yeah i get that you don't want to taint the memory of it i think that's why it is not. It is an honorable mention on my list because I didn't play it during that time, so I don't have that uh, that experience. Even so, though, like it's still a great game. You want to take another break before we come back and we give our recommendations? Yeah, we can take a little break. Let's do it. All right, we're back. We are back. So now that we've uh, gone through our favorite Switch games, you know, memories of purchasing, memories of our initial reactions to Switch, we're going to give you guys some recommendations. Yeah, so I do want to say, so that <laughs> that entire Switch conversation that we just had, this episode is like a special episode dedicated to the Switch. On a typical episode, like moving forward, we'll probably have more than one topic. Yeah. It was just, you know, for this first episode with the Switch's anniversary being recent, we kind of wanted to dedicate that entire segment to the Nintendo Switch. And with this segment coming up, which is our recommendations, and this one is also going to be dedicated to the Switch, right? Yep. So usually uh, these recommendations will be any, they'll, they'll be varied. So it'll be, you know, a book we're reading, a podcast we're listening to, a game we're playing, whatever. But it won't be strictly to, you know, one thing ever. But we figured, actually, you had this idea. Since w- this whole episode is based on the Switch, we our recommendations should follow suit and be Switch games as well. All right, so... um. I guess, I think we both have two, so I guess I'll do one, and then you can do one. Mm-hmm. So, my first one is actually going to be a game from my top five, and that's Luigi's Mansion 3. It It's just, I feel like because it's Luigi and not Mario, people might tend to overlook it. Right. 
but it, it's definitely one of those games that I feel if you have a Switch, you owe it to yourself to go out of your way and give it a chance. Even if, you know, because it is a puzzle game and that might not be your jam. And typically for me, that's not. But I think that classic Nintendo charm, the the kind of atmosphere that it builds upon can carry you through that gameplay if that's not typically what you're into. And also the gameplay, it, like the puzzles aren't very hard. They get a little bit more challenging as you go through. But yeah, you, you owe it to yourself if you have a Switch. It's, just give Luigi a chance, man. Just give him a chance, <laughs> you know. Okay, not yeah. everything's about Mario. <laughs> and like I said, I, I I think it's just because I'm the younger brother of two. Well, I'm kind of partial to Luigi. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But I digress. <laughs> My recommendation is a game called Snipper Clips Plus. It's actually called Snipper Clips, but they released a uh. It, so Snipper Clips launched with the Switch. Like, it was a launch title. I want to say it was digital only, though. I think. I'm not very positive on that. But they did release a bunch of DLC for it, and then they released a physical version called Snipper Clips Plus. Mm -hmm. It's a puzzle game. It You play as two pieces of paper, and in order to progress through levels, you have to make cuts into each other to fit into certain objects, or make objects fit into other objects or get objects like where they need to go. So yeah, it's really fun, really charming. It's 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 really goofy. Like the two paper characters when you cut each other, they're like, "Oh!" Like <laughs> <laughs> It's a really silly game, but it's honestly really fun. Uh so yeah, I recommend that. And it, I want to say it's four players too. So Okay, I'm I'm going to have to pick this up. I've never heard of this game. Yeah, man, it launched with Switch. Yeah, it's really good. I also love the tagline on the box art, which is like, cut it out together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of this. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> All right, so my second recommendation is a game that just missed my list. That's Lego City Undercover. Oh, Lego City. So, I'm a big fan of the Lego games. <laughs> That's funny. Star Wars was the first ones, right? I want to say there were a couple before that, but it was one of the first. Okay, so Star the Star Wars ones and where I kind of jumped in. I haven't played all of them because, you know, the license, I'm not the biggest fan of so I kind of skip out on it right like some of like the Pirates of the Caribbeans and Harry Potter like those ones like okay you know they're whatever I'll skip but for the most part I, I really enjoy the gameplay but Lego City Undercover is different because it's pretty much a GTA clone but everything's okay. but everything's Lego <clears throat> I'm not sure have you have you played it I have not played it how do you own a Wii U and not play one of the five games that came out. <laughs> it just it just missed the radar, man. I had a bunch of other releases on the Wii U. I had those other four, they took up the time. You, you know? had a big back catalog of games on the Wii U. <laughs> hey man, All say right. what you want. The Wii U has a good library. 
All right. It does. And most it of does. it got ported to the Switch. So. Which is how I was able to play this because I never had a Wii U. And this was one of the games where I looked at it. I was like, man, I kind of want to get a Wii U to play that. Which I'm I'm glad I didn't play it on the Wii U because turns out the Wii U version is pretty bad. Really? Yeah. So I guess there's a outrageous amount of loading screens and the loading screens last minutes on end. Oh, wow. Which is not a thing on the Switch version, at least from what I remember. But yeah, I mean, it. so this game pretty much takes, like, everything about, like, every, like, goofy cop movie or TV show you've ever watched, and it just cranks it up to 11, and it puts it in here. The story is whatever, but just just roaming around the world and just everything being Lego, collecting all the collectibles and everything, it's just a good time. and. It's constantly on sale on the eShop. So you can pick this thing up for like four or five dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah. is really cheap. Yeah, I might have to pick that up then. Which most of the Lego games are always on sale. Yeah, the only one I've ever played was uh I played the Harry Potter ones and I played something else. I can't remember what it was though. Maybe like Jurassic Park? I don't remember. Yeah, that's another one I didn't... I guess looking back, I really haven't played many of them. <laughs> At least not as many as I thought I have. Well, you've played all the Star Wars ones, right? So that's Yeah, cool. and I'm, re- I'm really excited for that collection that's coming out later this month, too. Nice. Yeah, I might have to pick up that Undercover, then, if it's that cheap. Check it out. Um, yeah. Alright, my next recommendation. We made a little pact not to recommend like the big titles like Mario and stuff but you know what whatever I'm just gonna recommend a Mario game right now it is Mario Kart Live Home Circuit so Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is a uh, racing game but the camera you need to have the little RC toy car of Mario and then the camera is on the back of his car and the way you race is you make tracks like in your house, like so you clear up a space and you know control the cart in a designated path, and then you'll be able to play that as a racetrack in a Mario Kart uh, racing style setting. I had my eye on this for a real long time, just because it looked really fun, and I bought it and played it. I've only played this for like three hours, and it was in one day. But that one day, I had the biggest, goofiest smile on my face the entire time. Because, like, there's just something something so childlike and pure about setting the car on the floor and holding your Switch and seeing Mario in your household setting. Like, that's just such a joy to see, like... I don't know. I just had the biggest, goofiest smile on my face. It was like childlike wonder. And just, and I didn't play with anybody, right? I just played versus the computer and made my own tracks. And I loved it. I enjoy it. Uh, it is kind of expensive, obviously, because, you know, you need the toy car with it. So I think it's like 80 bucks, but you can usually catch it on sale at various, various stores for like, 55 60 bucks. So, it's basically the price of a regular game. 
there's no physical game. It's a digital game. So the physical aspect is like the track uh, gates and the car. But yeah, I love it. I ha I own both versions of it, the Luigi and the Mario, because I was like, maybe one day somebody will play with me. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm 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 coming up there in a few months. Dude, it's so good. It is like, and it's funny because uh, I had somebody like a technician for my internet or something come over one day, and he like saw the two carts and was like, "Is that game good?" And I was like. And it's so good. It like just had the, like the goofiest, dumbest smile on my face while playing it. He's like, "Yeah, my kids want it, but I probably I'm probably gonna be the one who plays it most." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, it, I understand that." It sounds because I don't I've never played it. It sounds like one of those like perfect like rainy day type things. Yep. Yeah. The only problem I think is you you can't really like do it on carpet. Like, you can't ride the cars on carpet too well. Um, that makes sense. And, like, if you have pets, it probably might not be a good idea. But also, it might be a good idea. It'll add challenge to it. Um, right. Or small children. Yeah, or small children. It'll, it'll add some challenge. I also imagine, from a collector's standpoint, those things are probably going to grow to be pretty collectible. Yeah, probably. I just owned both because I was like, I, I could only find the Mario edition, and I wanted the Luigi one. But I was just like... Because Luigi's awesome. Yeah, Luigi is awesome. Uh, that Like, months and months of, like, just waiting for a Luigi one, I'm like, all right, I'll just get the Mario. And then, what do you know? Just, like, a month after I bought it, it was like, here's the Luigi one. It's finally back in stock. <laughs> all right, so those are our recommendations. And that's pretty much a wrap yep, on on episode one. So we, we pretty much say all that to say, uh, Nintendo, we love you. Switch, we love you. This is my this is my like uh, what's that thing called? The the you know on movie sets they have it. They're like and wrap, and then they have the little clipboard thing. I don't know what that's called. I have no idea what it's called either. But yeah, anyway, go ahead with your love of Nintendo speech. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, we say all that to say, you know, we love our Switches, and hopefully that Switch Pro will be coming soon so you can get a fourth. Oh my god, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know I'm going to buy it too. You know I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah, man. Probably going to pre-order it. <laughs> Listen, if you pre-order the Switch Pro, <laughs> and, and you're in the store... You're in line to pick it up. Just don't make fun of the guy in front of you who's buying a regular Switch. <laughs> hey, first of all, I didn't make fun of him. Okay, I just laughed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think the Switch is probably my, probably one of my favorite consoles of all time. It's getting up there for me. So. It's getting up there for me. Uh, on another episode, we'll do like a, a top five consoles of all time. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure just like our list we did today, it's going to be drastically different. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we got yeah. multiple perspectives, so. Right, and that's what's going to make this show interesting or make it terrible. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Either way, we're good. Anyway, 
Thank you for making it to the end of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to tweet us how you've been nerding out at Nerds Collide Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone. So find your passion, embrace it, and be the nerd that you are.